Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 38 of the Hang Time with Halgi podcast. I'm your host, Luke Halgerson. You know how we do it. Five topics, unpopular opinion. Let's get right into it here. Wednesday, November 18th of 2020. Tonight is the NBA draft currently going right now. Lakers just picked, but what I want to talk about with the NBA draft, we're just going to talk about the five most interesting picks. That'll be topic number one. So obviously, most interesting pick has got to be Anthony Edwards going to the Minnesota Timberwolves at number one. He is the best fit for what this team has. With Russell, Towns, what they need, yeah, is a wing player. Yeah, six five out of Georgia. He's got good athleticism, pretty good shooter. You know, not that great at defense. You know, doesn't take the best shots. But with what this the Timberwolves are trying to do, he is the best pick for them. Absolutely. Uh, not even a question. You know, just sometimes he didn't try all that hard at Georgia. I think he would have shined a little more in the tourney. But, you know, he can still get you a bucket. He's got great athleticism, good size, good speed for a player he's the ideal player what you want a guy who can shoot it just comes down to the defensive end but with what the Timberwolves are doing I like the pick now granted not that big a fan if you do pay attention to the NBA Anthony Edwards did have a lot to say the other day (laughs) actually just yesterday and it's funny how that story about this quote came out just the day before the draft and people were talking about it the day of the draft just how convenient but you know, this man kind of went off the rails a little bit. Like, wherever this quote came from, I'm sure it didn't just happen yesterday. Uh, I'm going to read you the quote shortly. But I, obviously, this is to get hype around the draft. No doubt about it. Like, that's just what he's doing. That's just what he is doing. So this is what Edwards had to say. To be honest, I can't watch basketball. He retells the story about the first time he dunked and how it signaled to him that he was talented and could accomplish something he may not be able to in football, which was his, which was his first love. So that's the direction he went. Simple as that, hanging up the cleats. That's all I needed to see, he says. So when after that, he did go into basketball. I'm still not really into it, he says. I love basketball. Yeah, it's what I do. He's not entirely convinced. He says if he were drafted by the NFL tomorrow, he'd let basketball go. Because you can do anything on the field, he explains. You can spike the ball. You can dance. You can do all that disrespectful stuff. In the NBA, he says you can't do any of that. You'll get fined. Ah, (laughs) That's not only the most blasphemy thing he's talking about how you're a professional basketball player how are you not into the game of basketball (laughs) like do you know what you're about to get into and speaking on what he is about to get into this man went on to say that he is an aspiring rapper and he's already recorded a few tracks with his older brother and the reporter asked him so like Damian Lillard and he said but I can rap Dame talking about I don't know what he's talking about I'm rapping like little baby. This, is <laughs> this man is talking about how he's talking like the greatest, the best rapper in the game right now, according to some people. 
according to some people, they're saying little baby's best in the game, and this man's saying he raps like him. <laughs> Blasphemy. And he's saying he's better than Damian Lillard. And I think Damian Lillard's a pretty good rapper. This is a topic for another day. But to be saying that about one of the most prolific scorers in the NBA right now, oh, no. Oh, I can guarantee first game, Trailblazers, Timberwolves. You know Dame is gunning. You know he is going out there because Damian Lillard is a killer, and he definitely hears what people say. He definitely hears the trash talk. It's not even a question with what we saw with what happened with the Clippers and the bubble going back and forth with them. Even when the Trailblazers got eliminated and then the Clippers got eliminated, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum were talking so much trash, just like the Clippers were about the Trailblazers. Ah, Damian Lillard hears everything and takes full advantage when he can, and I guarantee in that matchup he is going to eat Anthony Edwards. But with the draft, Good pick for what they're doing. Just a little rant about Anthony Edwards right there. The number two pick is the second most interesting pick, obviously, because it's the Golden State Warriors. You know, former unanimous MVP Steph Curry, Draymond Green. But it should be noted, an unfortunate injury happened with the Warriors today as Clay Thompson is, it said he might have an Achilles injury and a very severe one at that. Hmm. He ju- Oh, it's just feared to have an Achilles injury. Just brutal. Going to go in, undergo an MRI. Just better hope it's not torn. Hopefully it's something he can recover from quick because that's a devastating blow. Clay Thompson is – I'm not that big a fan of Golden State, but I can say Clay Thompson is one of the more entertaining players and easy guy to cheer for players, you know? Out of Washington State. Like he came up out of nowhere. Him and Steph Curry form, formed the best backcourt, and for, to see him have to battle injuries is just tough, especially after going down in the finals, missing all of last year, just starting to come back this year in practice. In practice, he had this injury. Just brutal for Clay. But with the Golden State Warriors in this draft, drafted James Wiseman. I think it was the right pick. They needed an interior guy. They needed a center James Wiseman, seven footer, seven five wingspan. He only played what eight games at Memphis, not even like three or four. And he was just—he had a chance to come back and play, and he was just like, "No, I'm going to keep training." And probably a smart move. Don't want to risk injury. I think it was the right pick for them. They needed it. The interior to get better needed inside blockers. All you need to do is play pick and roll with Curry, and it's a wrap. And, yeah, I like them with Wiggins, too. It's just, wow, this clay injury is just brutal. But I do like the draft pick for them. I think it was the right pick for them. I think the two top teams, if the Warriors didn't trade it or Minnesota didn't trade it, I think both these teams made the right choice for what they did, for what their team needed. The next pick I want to talk about, the third overall pick, LaMelo Ball. That's right. Big Ball of Brand has two boys in the MBA, you know? Good for them for the branding, LaMelo Ball. Very popular player on Instagram. You know, I'm a little concerned with his size, with how he plays. It's just, I saw how it came in with Lonzo. Lonzo came in with a lot of hype built around him, you know? At the press conference, Magic Johnson said they expect him to have a jersey up in the rafters one day. Like, that's, that's a lot for a rookie to take on being 
talked about like the greatest point guard ever. Those those are some tough shoes to fill, and I think it weighed on Lonzo. And I'm a little concerned for Lamelo too. He has more hype around him than Lonzo, for sure. And it's gonna be. Uh, I mean, Michael Jordan signed off on it. They just already have two guards: Dwayne Bacon. Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, and Malik Monk. It is a already stacked backcourt, and it's interesting they pick LaMelo. I'll be surprised if LaMelo starts for this team, depending on how Devontae... Like, I guess you start him over Terry Rozier at this point. You drafted him number three. That's what you're bringing him to do. Devontae Graham, you know, they got a good backcourt. But obviously, it's the Charlotte Hornets. They need improvement. LaMelo brings much-needed media attention to a franchise that doesn't get it because they're bad. Like, when have the Hornets been good under the Michael Jordan regime? They haven't. So Michael Jordan is a branding genius, and he understands what LaMelo brings as far as eyeballs, as far as media. He understands that he'll get a lot of attention. So the Hornets will get a lot of attention, and people will pay attention to it for a franchise that doesn't have many fans. I can't say that I've ever met someone who's been like, I am a true diehard Charlotte Hornets fan. <laughs> if you're out there, please let me know if y'all exist. Because I don't. I, have you ever seen one, met one? You ever seen someone walking down the street with the Charlotte Hornets or Charlotte Bobcats jersey on? <laughs> Honestly, can anyone... Uh, any person I know out there listening, tell me, have you ever seen someone wearing a Charlotte's Hornets jersey out in public? Or has someone ever told you that they're a Charlotte Hornets fan? Uh, I haven't. I haven't. I'd love to meet one. So definitely a franchise that needs an upgrade. And I guess LaMelo Ball will bring that media attention. But I'm just worried about his size. He's got good playmaking ability. He only played eight games overseas and didn't even play for that Lithuania team and quit on his high school team. I don't know. He's got a lot of red flags to me, and he plays a little lackadaisical. I wonder what happens in the NBA when he's going up against grown men. <laughs> it's, um, he's, he's going in the Eastern Conference, so a little easier on the guards, but, I mean, it's still the NBA. Like, he's going up against mm, the best of the best, and I'm not sold. I am not sold on LaMelo Ball at all. And I don't know if he really does have that much upside. I got to see that shot go in at the NBA level because it didn't go in in the eight games he played overseas. I will tell you that right now. Fourth pick that I find extremely interesting. It's got to be the New York Knicks drafting Obi Toppin. (laughs) That's right. The Dayton superstar. In college basketball, I mean, he won player of the year. He was a beast. I honestly believe if there was a March Madness tournament and he was able to showcase his skills during the tournament, he would have been a top five pick. He dropped all the way to eight. Like, the Knicks got a steal for what they're trying to do. Under Thibodeau, they got the young guys in Robinson, Barrett. You might as well try and move on from Randall give Toppin that time, it's just, this was the right pick for the Knicks, and the Knicks are probably, uh, couldn't believe that he fell down the draft boards like this. I bet he he was right up there of like, if we could get this guy, no way we're picking him. 
and it just he fell right in their lap. It's a good pick. He's got great at size, great athleticism, 6'9". He can make shots from the outside. Super athletic. Like his dunks are absolutely disgusting. Dunk contest in game. Just look at the highlights. You can see an athletic freak right there. And I don't see why he can't win rookie of the year if the Knicks start him. Because they're going to run. They're going to run. They're going to defend under Tom Thibodeau. Like it's just what they do. It's it's a, the Knicks. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, anything like that, but I think he can be a nice surprise for another just organization that has been terrible, just terrible. The only reason they've been relevant this millennia is because of the Carmelo Anthony and eight days of Jeremy Lin. <laughs> That's it. Other than that, you don't hear about the Knicks ever, and they are the most atrocious franchise besides the Timberwolves and the Hornets. So, Knicks. Not good pick. You got lucky that he dropped this far in the draft. Final draft pick that I want to talk about, the Orlando Magic getting Cole Anthony out of North Carolina. Again, a couple of these guys have had injury concerns. Wiseman has gotten hurt. LaMelo's been hurt. And obviously Cole Anthony missed a lot of time at North Carolina and decided you know, not to go back for his sophomore year. Decided to go to the draft, but look, he's his workout video again. A guy looks great in workouts, of course, but he's got great athleticism, good speed. He's a dynamic guard if he can stay healthy. This it and Orlando's the perfect place because him and Markel Fultz, two guys that have a lot to prove, two guys that are have to come, overcome a lot of adversity when it comes to them as players. Like Markel Fultz, he's been injured, he's gone through it. He can definitely help Colt. Anthony overcome and, you know, live up, get past injuries. Like he's the perfect guy. And Markel Fultz is learning on the fly, too. Not, you know, he's still young. So I like the two dynamic guards that Orlando's trying to do. Uh, I think it's a smart pick. And why not give him a starting opportunity job? Why not start both of them? I mean, DJ Augustine is gone. Or bring one of them off the bench as your sixth man. I mean, they got options. They got options. And again, I think the Magic, are they competing for any real playoff spot? Yeah, they might get the eight seed. They might be fighting for that eight seed right there. But at 15, this is as good a pick as you're going to get this late in the draft if you're really looking at it. So good pick by the Magic. And um, I think he's got a decent upside. I'm, he, he's a better athlete than LaMelo. Uh, just the injury concern is way, way higher with Cole Anthony because he struggled through injuries all throughout North Carolina, and even when he played, he was a bit shaky. So let's see if he can figure it out in the association. Moving on, topic number two. You know, NBA offseason always riddled with trades, signings, players opting out, players opting in. So we're just going to go over Everything that has happened to this point here, November 18th, 2020, I'm sure when you listen to this, other things will have happened. But at this point in time, that's what we are talking about. I cannot predict the future. It's an ability I have yet to conquer here in reality. But one day I'm going to be able to do it. But with that being said, let's go over everything real quick. So obviously, if you haven't heard yet, the biggest trade, Suns, pick up CP3 from the Thunder for 
Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, and then two mediocre players and a 2022 first-round pick. That's right. So Chris Paul and Devin Booker matched up. Going to be a very dynamic backcourt in the Western Conference. So definitely a team to watch for next season. Another big trade. Portland Trailblazers acquired Robert Covington from the Houston Rockets for Trevor Ariza, 2021st-round pick. Uh, this year's number 16 to be exact, and then a 2021 protected first-round pick. Honestly, nice little upgrade for the Trailblazers there. Starting lineup of Dame, CJ, Robert Covington, Zach Collins, and Nurkic. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot for the Trailblazers. And if Melo comes back, I'd be even be okay starting come bringing Melo off the bench as my sixth man or starting him at power forward. So I like where the Trailblazers did with this move. Definitely a smart decision on their part. The Bucks, another big splash. Definitely one of the bigger trades. Second biggest trade, I would say, at this point. They acquired Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans. That's right. They got Drew Holiday, a 2020 second-round pick. That would be number 60 tonight. We'll see that later. And um, they sent over point guard Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, a 2020 first-round pick, number 24. That's already been used. 2024 first-round swap rights, 2025 first-round pick unprotected, 2026 first-round swap rights, 2027 first-round pick. That's a haul. That is a haul for Drew Holiday, but it's the right decision to make. You had to get off, get off blood, so, oh, he needed to be moved immediately. Drew Holiday is a big-time upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Love the move by the Bucks. Little three-headed monster there with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and obviously Giannis. It's definitely an upgrade. Shows that the Bucks are trying to win, trying to do their thing. And um, definitely helps with the scoring, which is what they needed in the playoffs. You saw that. You just saw when they played the Heat. They didn't have scores. A Holiday is a super... Super underrated player. Doesn't get enough respect for how talented he is. Love the, love the move by the Bucks. Love the move. They gave up a lot, but those draft picks mean nothing if you're going for championships in the NBA. So smart decision by Milwaukee. Big trade that happened today, November 18th. I don't know how this contract was moved. Al Horford of the 76ers was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson. My goodness. How did how did Daryl Morey and Sam Presti agree to that? Uh, that? That Horford contract is absurd. But the Thunder, they're in complete rebuild. They have 19 first-round draft picks over the next six years. 19 picks, excuse me, picks, not first round picks. Uh, but either way, 16 over nine years. I, excuse me, 19. I misspoke. 19. I'm, oh, Lord. And that, but I think Horford will definitely get moved again by the Thunder because, or maybe they'll hold on to that contract. But he's getting. $27.5 million this upcoming season. Next season, $27 million. 
Season after that, $26.5 million. Horford's getting cake. Oh, he, <laughs> he is eating money. And mm, how, how the 76ers managed to get off that, good for them. Smart decision. Smart decision getting Danny Green. 76ers are in desperate need of shooters to surround Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Danny Green does that. Believe in him, people. Look, I know he struggled in the NBA Finals. Said he had an injury. I'm going to let it slide a little bit because the Lakers won the championship. Other guys stepped up. Danny Green, still a two-time champion. Has a three-time champion. Excuse me. How disrespectful of me to forget the Spurs. Against LeBron James and the Miami Heat. That's right. Danny Green. Spurs, Raptors, Lakers. And now going to another team that has championship aspirations, and you better believe he'll have crucial minutes in the playoffs. 76ers, right move. I, at this point, Oklahoma City's in full rebuild, so I guess they can just take on that Warford contract and not care because other guys are getting traded. St- like, Steven Adams will be moved, I bet. Just that they're cleaning house. It's full rebuild. They thought they were going to do it with Chris Paul, move him last season, but they wrote it to the playoffs wrote it all the way to a game seven in the first round this year, full restart, full rebuild. And then another trade that happened today as well, the Pistons acquired Trevor Ariza, so he doesn't even land in Houston, doesn't even get to have real communication with them, and boom, off to the Pistons, Trevor Ariza goes. He'll go along with the 16th pick tonight, and then the Rockets get a future first-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick. So the Rockets you know, making moves, but not the moves we expect with all the rumors going around them. Now let's go over some opt-in, opt-out real quick. But before that, I just got an update that the 76ers add another shooter to their team, trading for Seth Curry from the Dallas Mavericks for Josh Richardson. So Richardson going to be on the Mavericks with Luka. Seth Curry headed to Philly. Good trade for both teams. Mavericks need to improve on the defensive end. 76ers need shooters. Just what we talked about with them trading for Danny Green. Smart decision. Daryl Morney's coming in and seeing the problems with this team. I'm sure Doc Rivers seen it as well. Need to surround these two with shooters. That's the only way for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to be successful because Neither of them really control the outside. And you need guys to be able to knock down shots from three. And if Ben Simmons is going to keep refusing to shoot, you got to surround him with shooters. You have to. They're going to try and make it work in Philly. I like the two trades for them. They got rid of the Horford contract, brought in Danny Green, a proven veteran, now trading for Seth Curry. He's a knockdown shooter just like his brother. Not, Not as prolific, obviously, but Steph Curry... Seth Curry, that is, can still go get you a bucket. Uh, he is the WAP from downtown. Good pickup by the 76ers. And I do like Richardson with the Mavericks. Helps them play better defense, which is what they needed. That's what held them back. They could score at will, but they couldn't stop a nosebleed. And now helps out a little bit. I think they still got to get better on that end. But I like the trade for both teams. Smart decision by both teams. Good for the Mavericks. Good for the 76ers. Bada bang, bada boom. 
So like I said, I was going to do the opt-in, opt-out. So let's do the opt-out first. You know, let's start with the bad news, go to the good. So who's opt-out? Anthony Davis has opted out. So has Contavious Caldwell-Pope, another Laker. Rajon Rondo, two bucks have opted out as well. Wesley Matthews and Robin Lopez, another guy, a Portland Trailblazer. Rodney Hood has opted out. And an Orlando Magic guard, James Ennis. Players that have opted in, Magic, forward, Evan Fournier. Hornets, forward, Nicholas Batoon, obviously. <laughs> He's getting paid so much. How could you opt out? You got to get that money. Otto Porter, same thing. He opted in. Mario Hazonia, he opted in as well. DeMar DeRozan for the Spurs, he opted in. And Jabari Parker opted in as well. And he plays for the Sacramento Kings, so... Love this NBA offseason. I mean, so much is happening, and I think a lot more is going to continue to happen. Needs to be said, though, I am a little surprised we didn't see that many trades on draft night. There were a few trades, though. Needs to be mentioned. The Ricky Rubio. He is going back to Minnesota. (laughs) How about that? Uh, they drafted him in the first place. I just uh, how this league just comes full circle for people, huh? Unbelievable, unbelievable. It's always just so crazy how that works out. Just, mm, just changes that quickly for you. But yeah, Ricky Rubio. That's the Suns traded him to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City just wheeling and dealing. Now Ricky Rubio shipped off to Minnesota. Another trade that happened, Landry Shamit to the Nets in a three-team deal with the Pistons. They got the 19th overall pick tonight. Clippers get Luke Kennard from the Pistons. Just so much. This offseason has been crazy. And another crazy story that happened. So (laughs) Bogdanovich of the Sacramento Kings, was supposed to be traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right. They were going to do a sign-and-trade for Bogdanovich. That would be the Kings-Bucks. Would have been a big-time trade. Would have been a big-time pickup for them. He's an elite scorer. Tries on the defensive end. But (laughs) uh, he didn't agree to go there. He's a restricted free agent. He's allowed to choose where he plays but the Kings can match any offer. But he did not agree to be traded to Milwaukee. Honestly, I'm a little surprised at that. They would have had Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and Bogdanovich as your starting five. That's as good as any in the NBA, for sure. And for him to not want to sign there, I guess he wants to test the water in free agency. He wants to make sure he's getting the best deal possible. Don't shortchange anyone. Good thinking, kid. Good thinking. Get secure the bag. Get that guap. You gotta eat. Got a family to feed. Got a family to feed. They depending on me. They depending on me. So, can't believe it though. The trade fell through. He didn't want to go there. Smart decision by him though. You gotta go get that money because he's valuable. Very valuable. A guy who can knock down shots, score at any time he wants. That's a guy you need on your team. Definitely a guy you need on your team, man. So the trades are going to continue to come. I can't wait. Just so excited for this NBA season.
It's going to be incredible. Absolutely incredible. Mm. 2020-2021 season. Stay tuned. December 22nd. Mark your calendars. Opening night. Topic number three. Look, baseball season is over, but that doesn't mean they're out of the picture because they announced their award winners for this past season. That's right. The 60-game sprint still had award winners. And I think everyone who won the award was deserving. Let's start with the league MVPs in the American League. Jose Abreu of the Chicago White Sox is your AL MVP. Look, he's great this year. In his 12th season, he led the AL in RBIs, finished in second in home runs, fourth in average. He deserved to win MVP. White Sox were a up-and-coming team that exceeded expectations this season. They were great. They were great. Fizzled out a little in the postseason. You know, they went five games against the A's, fired their manager, shockingly, but brought in drunk Tony La Russa. So um, he, he was well-deserving of the MVP. He was a monster. When I remember just watching the Cubs play against him. The Cubs could not get him out. Every time he came to the play, I was like, he went double in the gap, or is this one going over the fence? Sure enough, Yardo off Darvish. So, well-deserved Jose Abreu. National League MVP, Freddie Freeman. Missed most of summer camp with COVID-19. This man got COVID-19 during the pandemic. Of course, big-time stars got it. It happens. Definitely deserving of NL MVP. Led the MLB in runs. Finished second in OPS with 1.102. Had the second highest batting average in the NL at 341 on base percentage 462 fantastic and slugging 640 he's dominant dominant for the Braves a team that they need him they need him they, this is a team that can compete for a World Series they need every, they needed every bit of what he can do and they were one game away Choked a 3-1 lead to the eventual world champion Dodgers. They were that close. That close. Couldn't get it done. But definitely, again, playoffs don't matter when it comes to award winners. We need to separate it. We need to acknowledge what the regular season is because the playoffs, they're two different seasons. They are two different seasons. So, it is what it is. And he was still pr- very productive in the postseason as well. So much deserve Freddie Freeman. Now, Cy Young Award winners for the American League, Shane Bieber. I mean, first unanimous AL Cy Young winner since 2011. <laughs> His strikeout rate, 41%. <laughs> Recorded the second lowest qualified ERA, 1%. Point six three since 1969 and tied for the lowest opponent batting average, 167. That's the lowest since 1969. (laughs) He was dominant. He had double-digit Ks every outing. No one could touch him. He was incredible this season for the Indians in a team that I always think should commit more money to their players, but they never do, and just another dominant player from their team who will probably be playing elsewhere in three to four years. So, But 
Good for Shane Bieber. He was dominant this year. Well-deserved. Trevor Bauer is your National League Cy Young winner. He, he was great. He, he brings much-needed energy to the game of baseball. He speaks out on social media, speaks his mind, try, puts out statements like he should be commissioner. Oh, he, Trevor Bauer is entertainment at its finest when it comes to baseball. Uh, he is fantastic for the game. Led the NL in ERA at 173. His whip, .79. Opponent's batting average better than Bieber's, 159. Two shutouts. One of the few pitchers who can actually go a full game, or and they actually let him. He ranks second in strikeouts with 100 and strikeouts per nine innings, 12.3. Uh, just a killer. And again, he's a free agent. His services will be required somewhere for a team that's looking at competing for the World Series or getting better. He's a phenomenal player. Big fan of Trevor Bauer, even though he was on the Reds. And I'm a Cubs fan. But he's great. I hope the Cubs sign him. hope the Cubs consider looking at him. But we'll get to that moment in another episode. Rookie of the Year's in the American League, Kyle Lewis of the Seattle Mariners unanimously selected as your AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, led his team in batting average, 226. He had 11 home runs, 37 runs, uh, and 34 walks. <laughs> and pretty good fielder. Had some real nice home run robberies. Uh, definitely is a guy who's going to be doing this in the future. Great player. So, something the Mariners need. Just, they are the embarrassment of Major League Baseball. And they need players like Kyle Lewis to turn that franchise around. So, you know, I, I, I thought Luis Robert would get a little votes, but Kyle Lewis is just too good in the second half of the season to even consider anyone else. So that's why he was unanimous. National League, Devin Williams. Relief pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, this is sick. This is sick what this man did. Fanned a record 53% of 100 batters faced. Unbelievable. ERA, .33. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You are not touching him. Not touching him. First rookie of the year reliever since... 2011, my goodness, .33 ERA. Are you kidding me? we so many good relief pitchers in the game today. I mean, you have to have dominant relief pitchers when it comes to Major League Baseball in the year 2020. And hmm, Devin Williams is just that. Now, Managers of the Year, Kevin Cash won for the American League. Uh, Rays, you know, won their first AL East title since 2010, despite 13 players on the injured list on September 1st. Um, he implemented 59 different batting orders in 60 games and tied a major league record by using 12 different pitchers to record a save. <laughs> I, analytics is driven by this man. Uh, the Rays believe in analytics, and it cost them a game in the World Series, even though the analytics and numbers told you that it wasn't the right move. So, But 
he, he well deserved. Like the Rays were great in the regular season, made it all the way to the World Series, and forced the eventual Dodgers, the champions, to six games. So great season for the Rays. Good for Kevin Cash, winning manager of the year in the National League. Don Mattingly, how about that, huh? Boom, boom. Marlins' first postseason appearance in 17 years since 2003. But it should be noted that every time that, except for this past season, that the Marlins made the postseason, that they won the World Series. That's right, 1997-2003. Mm. That 2000 year, that year 2003 just mm, sends chills up my spines. I hate it. I hate it. Moving on. Topic number four. Some MLB teams have made changes in the front office, and one of those teams happens to be my beloved Chicago Cubs. That's right, the great one, the myth, the man, the legend. Theo Epstein is stepping down of president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs. That's right, the architect of the who formed the championship Chicago Cubs broke the curse of the Billy Goat, Theo Epstein, orchestrator of it. Also the orchestrator of the Boston Red Sox breaking the curse of the great Bambino in 2004. Theo Epstein did both of those things. And now he steps down at 46 years old. Still some money left on his deal to stay with the Cubs. He gone. He steps down. Mm. It, it was crushing. It was crushing to see Jed Hoyer takes over. I like Jed Hoyer. I still think he's very capable. He was the GM. Definitely learned a lot from Theo. Uh, I think he'll step in nicely. Cubs are definitely going to have changes moving forward, though. The core is getting broke up. I firmly believe it. The core, and that core being Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, Schwarber, Contreras, Hayward, moves will be made. The Cubs will not sit quietly this offseason. John Lester going to become a free agent. Quintana going to become a free agent. This team is going to make moves. and it, mm, I just hope that they can stay on the plus side of winning. You know, competing for the top of the division. I saw them win the World Series. Life is complete when it comes to sports for me. I can live in bliss knowing that I saw the Cubs win a world championship. I could go the rest of my life and not see any of the teams that I root for win a championship, but I would be satisfied knowing that I watched the Cubs win a world championship in 2016. And that is thanks to Theo Epstein. He came in, implemented a plan, implemented a solution to overcome the devastating playoff losses and just the misery that Cubs fans like myself have known for years. Theo Epstein changed it. He changed the game for us. Mm. I can't thank you enough, Theo. You're the man. You are the man. He bro, Breaking curses, it's what the man does. It's just what he do. And Apparently, he's going to step away from baseball for a year. And, you know, I would imagine when he said he was stepping down, I would imagine his phone was ringing off the hook with calls asking for his services, particularly for teams like the Phillies, Mets, 
even the Mariners, if he could break the Mariners' curse of not being bad anymore, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I think he's already the greatest GM in professional sports history because of what he's done thanks with the Chicago Cubs and the Boston Red Sox. But to do it with another franchise, such as the Mariners or the Mets, for instance, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But he said he's stepping away for a year. Stepping down, contract was set to expire in 2021. He still had time. Just unfortunate. Just unfortunate, but sad to see you go. But thank you, Theo. Thank you. It just, mm, 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 devastating news. But I wish him well because he gave me a championship that I'll never forget. It was like I was on the team, and he, they signed me for no money. So <laughs> let's go. In second managerial moves in Major League Baseball as far as management. The Miami Marlins signed a woman as their general manager. That's right, the first female general manager in professional sports history. That's right, this woman is making history. And who would that be? Kim Ang. She's 52 years old. Now, should be known, this lady has a lot of baseball experience. I, I, this is a great signing, honestly. I, if you look at her resume, she's been in baseball for 30 years, 21 of them being in front offices of major league teams with the Chicago White Sox in 1990 through 96, with the Yankees when they won World Series in 98 through 2001, and the Dodgers 02 through 2011. She worked for Major League Baseball as the Senior Vice President for Baseball Operations from 2011 until her historic hire by the Miami Marlins. Holy goodness. I mean, she is, that is a ton of experience in Major League Baseball. And Derek Jeter, the owner, uh, good decision, you know. Brings definitely a nice story to another organization that definitely needs some more love from their fan base. I mean, again, well, I've met, a, since I live in Florida, I have met a couple of Marlins fans. But there is not a Marlins fan, a soul outside of the state of Florida. <laughs> not a single one. But they didn't just do this for the story. She is a well-deserving of the job. I mean, with that much experience, oh, she's got to know the game. Definitely very knowledgeable. Definitely deserving and it's just historic. just shows that whatever you want to do, put your mind to it. And I also think this shows that even if you never played a sport at the highest level and you just happen to watch it, people have an eye for the game. People can still evaluate talent and see the game. A lot of coaches didn't necessarily play. a lot. Sure, there are players who are coaches, but a lot of people from outside of the sport of not playing can come in and be successful at that sport and understanding the game and being in management roles and coaching roles. Uh, this lady is well-deserving even if she never played baseball. Like, she knows the game. Just like I think this could be, this is for everyone. And she is a prime example. She's a pioneer. This is historic. In a year that needed a good story, uh, of 2020 has just been terrible. This is finally a good story or, or a monumental good moment. Like, there have been a lot of monumental bad moments in 2020. This is finally a good one. Finally, something satisfying and good has come of this. She's the fifth general manager in Marlins history. 
Um, you know, she has a tall task. I mean, they made the playoffs this year. They beat my Chicago Cubs. But definitely moving in the right direction. They were definitely a shocking team. But would they have made the playoffs in a adding 100 games to the season? Mm, remains to be seen. But we'll see if they can make the necessary improvements next year. But congrats to Kim. Congrats to Kim. Pioneer. Noted, people. Noted, this lady. Making history. Making history. Fifth and final topic after such a positive story. Oh, we got to get negative Nancy on you because this just needs to be spoke on. <laughs> LSU. You know, I, th- I, I talked about this in a previous episode on just how this, whoever the athletic director has absolutely no control of that athletic department. <laughs> absolutely none. It is just everyone just can do whatever they want and there is no regard for what is going on. And just we are protecting players at all costs. And this now comes from the football team. So I spoke on, uh, on the basketball team, you know, Sean Miller under investigation, all that stuff. But now this is the football team. And, you know, they just won the national championship last year. Everyone remembers Joe Burrow, you know, Ed Orgeron finally getting it done. Yeah, go win. Go Tags. Go Tags. Excuse me. Go Tags. That's how he, <laughs> that's how he sounds. He sounds absolutely insane. But we, I mean, this man is in jeopardy of losing his job. Oh, yeah. You better believe it. Early in the spring of the 2016 semester, a member of the LSU diving team told her coach and athletic department administrator that Geis, that would be Darius Geis of the football team, prize running back, raped her friend after she passed out drunk at a party. That summer, a female student told two senior athletic administrators that Geis took a partially nude photograph of her without her permission and then shared it with a team equipment manager and possibly others. Then, in 2017, the athletic department received reports of a second rape allegation against Geis, this time by a woman's tennis player. Federal law and LSU own policy require university officials to take such allegations serious and report them to the Title IX Office for Investigation as well to campus police if an incident occurred on school property. Oh, my goodness. And yet, it's 2020, and we're hearing about these allegations now. Oh, my goodness. Like, clearly it wasn't reported. Clearly this was just shoved under the rug. We're just going to, you know, brush this to the side. We're trying to compete for national championships here. You know, a little football, huh? A little football is more important than rape. Like, God, my goodness. This, This is an embarrassment of an athletic program. Uh, someone needs to lose their job. I certainly hope someone has, because this, <laughs> this is embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And, and then here we go. At least seven LSU officials had direct knowledge that wide receiver Drake Davis was physically abusing his girlfriend, a different LSU women's tennis player. But they sat on information for months while Davis continued to assault and strangle her. What? What? In another case, the school determined that a fraternity member had sexually assaulted two women, but it refused to move him out of classes he shared with one of them and altogether ignored 
an allegation against him by a third female student. I mean, this is just like campus wide at LSU. It is just what a, what is going on? I mean, this school has no control over their students, <laughs> and clearly none of these guys have any damn sense in their head. I mean, <laughs> this program is an abomination. Yeah, you can win national championships. You know, you could be considered one of the greatest football teams of all time, but if you're doing that in the name of having this too, it's like, pff, wow. And this is under Orgeron's time there. Like they, he's been there for four years as the head football coach. Go Tigers! That's what he has done, and and apparently he was especially protective of running back guys. Just damn shame! A damn shame! Football is more important than being a good person, huh? This is pitiful. This an absolute an embarrassment. For a school that I expect nothing less. I, am I shocked? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This is right up LSU's alley for what I expect would go on at this university. <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised. To say the least. To say the least. Someone's losing their job. You, <laughs> you better believe it. Like This is up there with what was going on at Baylor a few years ago when their coach lost their job. I mean, this is just... Uh, uh, mm. Mm, mm, mm. Something needs to be done. Something needs to be done because this is an embarrassment. And they've been atrocious this year. Like That, that covers up nothing. Covers up absolutely nothing. Just wow. A damn shame. Just when you just when you think maybe Orgeron's a good guy in your land, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, he's supporting his guy who uh, raped two women. Yeah, not a very good judge of character. And then LSU, just the athletic department, just shoving this under the rug in the sake of, well, he's a football player. He's a good football player. We need to win football games. Mm. Just no integrity. And they, they always just try to pre... All these athletic departments just try to preach it to their students that uh, they got integrity. Uh, they run things with integrity in mind, but they have none. Absolutely none. Mm. Criminals. J- just absolutely criminal. Shaking my damn head. All right. And now for my unpopular opinion. Look, this isn't sports-related. This is food-related, so I'm going to make it real quick. Pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. Uh, Sweet and salty does not go together like that. I don't want fruit on my cheese and bread and marinara sauce. Ugh. Just even thinking about it sounds disgusting. Now, it should be noted pineapples are one of the best fruit. No doubt about it. Top five for sure. But it does not belong on pizza. To each his own for sure, but... Ugh, get that shit out of here. It's disgusting. And that's the end of episode 38 of the Hang Time with Hoggy podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, check me out on social media. You know, more things are in the work. More episodes are coming up. So stay tuned, stay locked. And remember, during this pandemic, wash your damn hands. All right. I'm out. Peace.